1: That's c-o-m-t-e hyphen u-s-a dot com. If your food media diet is fueled by HRN, become a monthly donor today. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Cheese. Cheese.
2: Cheese. 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 Hello. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd, and I am delighted to introduce today's guest, the one and only Deborah Dickerson, who is the Director of Education and Customer Outreach for Cowgirl Creamery. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you, Diane. It is a great pleasure to be here. Oh, good. Oh, good. So you were just honored at this year's American Cheese Society's meeting with the Getting the Lifetime Achievement Award.
3: I was, and I am very, very honored to receive such a prestigious award from my peers. Amazing, amazing. Oh, good. It was great fun to celebrate, even though it was virtual with um, many friends and associates that I have had the great pleasure of working with over the years. I I am very fond of the American Cheese Society as an organization, though we have much work to do, um, but it is a gathering of of many like-minded people who work to promote the beautiful cheeses that are made here in, in the U.S.,
2: Okay. Now, congratulations. This is their very biggest award. Well, I think the best of show, actually,
3: for the cheese is their biggest award. (laughs) I guess it all depends on who you talk to, or perhaps it's passing the CCP exam for certified cheese professionals is the greatest accolade. But nonetheless, there are many within the organization. (laughs)
2: Now, many people, according to the person who nominated you for the award, said to him, doesn't she have it already? (laughs) (laughs) That was what they said.
3: (laughs) I'm not. I I think that that means, well, that. Maybe I was memorable, and I hope that I was memorable in a good way to those people. I'm not sure. Steve Jones has been a good friend, um, a great cheesemonger, and uh, someone I respect greatly in the industry. So it's a compliment. I take it as a, as a very big compliment coming from him and others.
2: Okay, good. Um, now, back in uh, 1982, I believe, you strolled up to the case at Zingerman's. And Ari, Ari uh, changed your life right then and there. He did. Was he your first cheese teacher?
3: Actually, I went into Zingerman's to buy olive oil for a restaurant that I was working at. And my employer said, check out this place in Ann Arbor. I hear they've got some good olive oils. And at that point in time, I think Colavita was the, like, you know, the hot olive oil on the counter at that point in time. And so I walked into the deli and, and I was fortunate enough to have Ari wait on me and, and it was about olive oil. And suddenly there were 12 souffle cups, little tiny souffle cups of olive oil in front of me to sip. And they were all different colors and they, 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 they each had their own unique smell. It was just, it blew my mind. My whole world sort of went careening out of control as he talked about not only, not, not just about the the flavors and the smells, but the, the olives that they came from and where they were grown. And he knew the families who'd harvested and planted and, oh my God, it changed my, it truly changed my life. And about, about two weeks later, I, uh, I quit my job and applied for the retail manager at Zingerman's Deli. Not really having a clue what that meant, and it was <laughs> the beginning of a glorious ten-year love affair with food and changed my life. Truly changed yes. my life.
2: Yes. Now um, you you are also accused of setting the pace for the rest of us. Oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> so where did now? Where have you worked from Zingerman's?
3: I think you know everything. Everything emanates from Zingerman's, right? There was a, a fellow uh, there, David Lockwood, who went um, left Neil Shardiri and end, or Sorry, left Zingerman's and ended up at Neil Shardiri and. Then he left Neil's Yard and I applied for a job and was fortunate enough to be hired, though I waited for months to hear whether or not they'd take me on board. Oh, thank goodness they did. They hired me to be their U.S. Uh, representative, and that was 1995? 96. So that was your second job? That was the second job. And then. Zingerman's
2: was the first.
3: Zingerman's was, well, it was the first with cheese, yes. And then yes. it was Singerman's, and then. And then um, Neil Jardieri, and then, uh, well, this part, you know, it was, I think, 2001 when um, I was working with Neil Jardieri. I would always carry big hunks of cheese around in my car and go storming into retail shops to introduce them and and do classes and chase their customers up and down the aisles and try to promote sales. But I always traveled with American cheese as well because why not? We're in America and I had the pleasure of of encountering small producers all over the country. So I'd tuck their cheese in my pocket and, and I would also bring their cheese in with me. And Jennifer Bice, bless her heart from Redwood Hill, um, a lovely uh, goat cheese maker at that point in time she and yogurt and um good good goat dairy products said debra why don't you represent my cheese too and i said oh my gosh i have a full time job i'm i you know i i couldn't possibly and she said sure you could and so i thought about it and gathered around me my dear friend diana who had been Helping me with some Neilsjö Dairy work, and uh, we formed 3D Cheese. Daphne Zeppos was involved in the formulation at that point in time, and we became a sales uh, a sales vehicle for um, a group of incredible cheeses: um, Jasper Hill, Neilsjö Dairy, Still, Redwood Hill Farm, Avonlea Cheese. Uh, And eventually, Cowgirl Creamery was also a a client of ours. Um, And you came on board to help us sell along with Kristen Sandy and Roger Olson. Oh, how fondly I remember you all. Do you remember the time, Diane, that you organized from, I think it was the American Cheese Society Conference in Burlington, excursion to Jasper Hill Farm and we loaded people from the conference into the vans (laughs) and went tearing down the road from Burlington to Greensboro and we had a lovely day and I remember you packed bags for everybody with goodies and beverages and treats and good times
2: to be remembered. So
3: I thank you for your contribution.
2: Yes. Yes, I, I accept my thanks. <laughs> <laughs> One of your many contributions, I will add.
3: They were very good times. But, and then after that, it was, I just, we, you know, representing small cheesemakers, it was, it was, it was financially difficult uh, mm-hmm. to impossible to provide the people who worked at 3D Cheese with proper health insurance and, and the wages you all deserved. Mm -hmm. And so I had the good fortune of being courted by Peg Smith of Cowgirl Creamery. Mm -hmm. And I ended up uh, going to work at Cowgirl Mm -hmm. and 3D Cheese was retired.
2: Mm -hmm. And,
3: that is oh it was sad it was a sad day I cried a lot I I cried a lot when I call I remember talking to Jason Hines of Neil Sharderi on the phone telling him what was about to happen and oh my god I cried (laughs) Uh but you know I think that there's something to be said I think that there's wisdom in knowing when you've done your work yes and it's time to go Um, I do not apply that to my current situation. I just would like Cowgirl Creamery and Tomales Bay Foods to know that. (laughs) 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 But I think that there's, um, there's, yeah, there's wisdom in knowing when to, when you've done your best and it's time to move on. The industry was changing, and um, yeah,
2: so well, and there was a a uh, a bad occurrence. Two thousand and nine was when you ended. Yes. So it was the, uh, it, everything fell apart.
3: Yes, there was a recession. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Um, but I'm also very happy to say that from 3D Cheese, all of you folks still stayed in Cheese. Um,
2: yeah.
3: So, you know, the, the work was, it was, if if you will, the work was just more spread out. More right. people got the benefit of your skills.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, Maybe. <laughs> okay, so um, you deserve this award more than anyone. Plus, oh, I, no. Plus the amount of work you do, um, receiving the cheese and organizing the cheese for the now massive best in show at ACS. Well, you know, I have to say, oh, that those
3: were. It's one of those situations where, when the cheesemakers enter their cheese, right. It started out back when Ari was president in the early 90s. He said there was something like, you know, 25 or 30 cheeses entered. I can't remember. It was a tiny number. And the last time that I worked on the Festival of Cheese, there were 1,182 cheeses entered. And the work of properly receiving those cheeses and making sure they stay in temp, and making sure that they're not damaged and that they're properly categorized. And I have to say, I ran around with a megaphone, rarely did I have to do the organizational work. I attribute that to Michelle Harum and John Antonelli. Um, There were just so many amazing people who, and volunteers who helped out. I remember one year we needed people and there was a lovely woman whose name is Babs and she's still a member of the society. I believe she's an author. And she, uh, she would hang outside the, um, the uh, conference sessions and when people came out of the sessions she would say hey can you give us a hand for an hour and she'd haul them down to the to the (laughs) room where we were setting up the festival of cheese oh my god but we would have like we would have like 50 to 75 volunteers who worked for 8 to 10 to 12 hours for absolutely free
2: right to right.
3: set up this magnificent display of these over a thousand cheeses. Right. And to do it in a way that honored the cheesemaker. Because for for some of them who were small, this was, their, this was their marketing budget for the year. This was the opportunity for people to discover them. And one of the things that Michelle and I did that we didn't do it, but we, we decided that at one point in time there would be no cubes cubes were not allowed at the festival of cheese because I felt like we felt like it was a disservice to the maker to chop up all these cubes and so no cubes that was the rule and we we did that for several years and the festival of cheese is no more that has also been retired now wait yeah what yeah because and I I think it actually makes sense the um, the judging will take place before the uh, festival and i sorry, before mm-hmm. the conference and the um, it, it will cut down on the waste, you know, because mm-hmm. there was always so much cheese left over after the festival of cheese that mm-hmm. as much as possible, it would be donated. But I think this really cu- will cut down upon all of that cheese being shipped. And, you know, we need to think differently. This is a, an opportunity to save you know, on transportation and the you know, the the boxing and the packaging and oh my goodness, the work and the waste and anyway, it's time.
2: It's a time I know. of change. Oh yeah. no. I'm totally disappointed. Now when was the last festival of cheese? Twenty nineteen,
3: because there was no conference last year because of COVID.
2: Right. Right. And there was a conference this year, but you couldn't have a festival. Right, because the conference
3: was virtual, although they did send out um, boxes of cheese for certain sessions um, and there was the meet the cheese maker. It wasn't the same, but you know, we're all adapting. We're all, mm-hmm. we're all, we're all working differently. You know, it's, and while it's sad that there's no festival of cheese, I do think that that will present different opportunities that perhaps haven't even been thought of yet. So
2: right. stay tuned, think positive. okay now um, so we're taking a break we're taking a short break uh, and we'll be back with Deborah Dickerson
1: hey this is Hannah HRN's program manager you may have noticed that we have a whole new look we also launched a new website that's going to make your listening easier and more enjoyable than ever before HRN is the original food podcast network, and as we enter a new chapter in our 12-year history, I want to ask you to invest in HRN for the long haul. If you rely on this show to fuel your food media diet, become a monthly sustaining member today. Our members keep the voice of America's food movement alive and kicking. Your donations support this podcast along with 40 other shows on Heritage Radio Network. Your contribution helps give HRN the security we need to stay on the airwaves throughout the pandemic and your continued support is allowing us to reopen our studio. Plus, we like to give our regular members special treatment. So sign up to become a monthly donor and get access to our secret menu. We've gathered together exclusive discounts and offers from some of your favorite food and beverage brands. So you get to enjoy insider pricing on goods that will ship right to your door. Join our community of monthly donors and special deals will come your way throughout the summer. So can you make a gift of five or $10 a month? It'll show me and our whole team at HRN how much this podcast and food radio in general means to you. Become a monthly sustaining member today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté Cheese Association represents the Comté PDO, Comté Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Comté is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fritiers. This milk must be transformed into Comté within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Comté. Comté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineur on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte. An iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comte-usa.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-U-S-A dot com.
2: So you mentioned... Um, While we were discussing uh, the conference, you mentioned to me the uh, BIPOC? Yes, there were, the
3: the conference was amazing. Um, It it reminds me of the feeling that I had when I walked into Zingerman's all those years ago. The first session that I attended was one called the homogenization of the dairy industry, and there were three,
2: three women, that that were unbelievable. And now these women were Agula Abdullah, Agella Abdullah, Whitney, Whitney Roberts, Roberts and yep. Jessica Fernandez. Fernandez,
3: yep. And there was another woman who was supposed to be there, but um, for there, something something joyful happened in her life. I don't know what it was, and she couldn't make it, but. These were women,
2: um, these were women of color who told their stories. And they're all organized with each other. I believe that they're all part of... These um, culture coalition. Yes.
3: And they're, you know, they're, they're teaching, they're sharing information. They're trying to um, work with people in their own communities to involve them in the industry but this panel was about their challenges and some of the some of the the difficulties that they experienced and some of the stories in their in their family's past and it was shocking i mean it was just shocking and it made me i, I was so appreciative that they they were courageous enough that's not quite the right word i was grateful that they shared their stories because It made me realize that when I surround myself with people like me, I do a great disservice Mm -hmm. to myself and to other people because I can't learn and I also can't share. Mm -hmm. And the stories that these women told exposed me to situations that I had never even thought about before.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you remember any stories?
3: Well... Whitney Roberts told a story about going back to her family's land and doing research on uh, the history of her family. and she learned that they were um, enslaved on this property in Virginia, I believe it was. and long story short, I won't do it justice. and for that, I sincerely apologize. but When they were freed, they got the land, but then through, it sounded like um, unfair, uh, unequal practices, this land went back. They lost the title to the land and they couldn't get a hold of resources that they were due to keep it. And I mean, it was just shocking. And she introduced a phrase called land hunger uh-huh. which to me represents, it's like, well, why don't we have people of color in in BIPOC rep- representation in cheese making Because people don't have land or they, you know, they don't, they don't have resources. They don't have right. exposure. Um, anyway, it just, uh, that, that's one small story. There were many of them and there was a conversation that happened with Ajala Abdullah, which she, She she just sort of shook me and she, you know, she basically said to me, right, as I was sitting in my living room at home in California, you have to do better, you know, and don't ask me what you should do. Go figure it out. It was just it was it was life changing. So I'm grateful and I'm trying to figure out what my next step is. Okay. Um, well, good luck. Thank you. We all need to figure that out. But I think that's what uh, that's that's sort of what the pandemic has done. It's turned everything, all of the assumptions and the comfort levels on its ear. And it's a good time to think about how we can do better.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, now, um, tell me about some other guys, Uh, Patrick Rance. Matt Bonham, Alan Sorney, and Jessica Little. So um,
3: the, Matt um, Benham, I believe his name is, won the DCTA Award Teaching Award in uh, in 2020. And the DCTA Teaching Award is named after Daphne Zepos, and it's a fa- $5,500 um, stipend that um, you apply for by writing a vision um, of what you want to research and teach. And Matt's uh, M- Matt won in 2020, and he talked about how the dairy industry can be an instrument for positive change, not only in the food system but also in the um, in the environment, in, in mending the environment. Uh, and it was quite uh, it was quite powerful to have this session after Ajella uh, and the other uh, the other two women's session on homogenization. Mm. And basically, what he did was he started um, with a quote from Patrick Rance, and let me just see if I might have it here. Um, and he said, basically, it was about bringing up. Uh, Agricultural methods back to what they were hundreds of years ago, which was respecting the land, um, not not destroying as you uh, as you as you raise your cows and you 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 make your milk and you make your cheese. It's about balance, um, mm-hmm. balance and forethought. Um, it was really very powerful. I strongly suggest that everyone take a look. Go to DCTA, um, their website, and you can read parts of his uh, presentation, and you also can get the um, recording of the sessions, both the two that I've spoken about, uh, at the ACS, uh, from the ACS website if you're a member. hmm mm. Now but it was good. I mean, you know, we have to do something. There's, you know, I don't I don't know how things are in New York, right? But in California we're running out of water. And I don't mean just that we can't keep it on when we brush our teeth. I mean, they're um, they're working in the county next to mine on trying to figure out how to do desalinization, because the 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 wells and the lakes that have uh, supplied the communities are dry. I mean, it's right. it's bad. It's bad. Right. Yeah. Um <sighs>
2: And what about... Um, I'm not very much fun. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, you're, you're fun enough. <laughs> um, what about the promoting of, of putting cows on acres? This was really
3: interesting. So this is the Savory Institute, and this is a completely different, Different. It seems to me to be a very different concept than Matt was proposing. Um, uh-huh. uh, again, another uh, another website that should be investigated. Um, the Savory Institute promotes the regeneration um, of of land and capturing carbon by doing exactly the opposite by taking animals uh, and putting them, lots of them, on smaller space and the activity that they generate from munching on grass, uh, digesting, um, and all of the other parts of digestion included therein, and then trampling this into the ground causes um, good things to happen in the earth, capturing carbon regenerative agriculture, all of that. And that by moving these animals from one place to another Um, is actually a positive, has positive effects. So he's set up hubs around the world. I think he he has a goal of 5,000 hubs where people are doing this and transforming uh, grasslands. Um, And and this is thorny?
2: This is savory. Oh, okay. It's the Savory Institute. And what is Jessica Little? Jessica Little
3: is Sweetgrass Dairy here in the US um, and she's on the East Coast and she's in the South. And Jessica, I'm so sorry that I i think it's North Carolina. My apologies. Beautiful, beautiful cheeses. One of them a little washed rind, one of them a bloomy rind cheese, sweet grass dairy. But she um, apparently also is uh, very, very knowledgeable and she and her husband employ um, a similar method of, uh, it's like the New Zealand method of, um, Farming where you move your animals from one pasture to another, but it's dictated by what plot of land is ready for the cows. And it's done um, very thoughtfully uh, as opposed to just, you know, sort of moving them from one, you know, one step after the other. It's about the land telling you where it needs to go. Um, oh, I haven't spoken to her about this, but I look forward to that conversation.
2: She's a great cheesemaker. She and her team. Sweetgrass mm-hmm. Dairy. Sweetgrass Dairy. Okay, um, now you mentioned uh Dominique Coit. Dominique Coit,
3: oh my gosh! Wait. So, can I tell you a really quick story? Yes, okay, do. so Dom, um, is a is is from Neil Dairy in England and he when I was representing Nielsen, when I had the great pleasure of representing Nielsen Dairy, Dominic was my traveling companion most of the time. So he would fly over and we would do different parts of the country. We would go on sales trips. And I, you know, I'd pick him up at the airport and we, he'd have cheese and I'd have cheese and we'd put it in the back of the car and we would drive, you know, we'd have, we'd either do we'd the Midwest or we would do Florida or we would do, you know, the the we would do California, but we we divided the country and we divided and conquered and we educated everybody that we could get to listen to us behind a retail counter about Neil Jordi and Kirkham's Lancashire and Westcombe Cheddar and Colston Bassett Stilton. So But you didn't get along. Well, that's strong language. We okay. we just you know, we were like two old married people, right? We spent a lot of time in the car together. And so to keep it lively and to, you know, keep it interesting, we we decided that every location would have a theme. And so, for example, when we went to the Midwest, it was all about sausages. <laughs> we ate oh, sausages great. and hot dogs and we would talk to people and... Stop people on the street and say, "Where's the best sausage in Chicago?" And they would tell us, and we would go. And we would eat sausages, and we met the most amazing people. And when we were in New York, we it was about bridges. And Dom did research on how they were built, and why they were built, and when they were built, and what you know what the economy boomed around it. And then this is the last one, I promise is that we were, I think we were um, in the Southwest and we were there over the 4th of July. And so we did the U.S. Constitution. Oh my goodness. And we had this discussion in the car about the U.S. Constitution. And there's two things that were fascinating to me about that. One was then in having a discussion with a Brit about the the founding of the, the United States was very interesting because their his perspective was a little bit different, and the the other thing it just made me realize that the Constitution isn't. It it we can do better. I guess I'm <laughs> going to leave it at that. We can do better. So thinking back, which is what this award did for me, it gave me the opportunity of thinking about my life and cheese. And my family that has evolved, that you are a part of, thank you very much, from all the people that I have had the great pleasure of working with and beside and standing behind counters and people giving me their customers to be able to offer them cheese and tell stories to. It's just, it's been the best I could ever ever imagine. I just I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by such inspirational people and I want everyone to have that opportunity. And that's what I think the American Cheese Society, I hope, will promote is more inclusivity, more opportunity, and a place where everyone can experience some of the joy that I have had the the honor of, of living.
2: Oh, Deborah.
3: I am very lucky. I am very grateful. And I will work hard to share, I promise. (laughs) That is so nice. It's important. It's important. It's really, there's an opportunity to change and I am committed to do so. Now I have one more question. Ready. Lori Stamp. Ha! what a guy. Um, Rory Stamp is a a co-worker. He's in the marketing. He's the director of social media for um, Cowgirl Creamery. He's an excellent writer and a knowledgeable cheese person. And um, he's written quite a good book called uh, Illustrations of Cheese. Oh, Rory, I'm so sorry. I'm getting that wrong. Diane, one moment. It is called... Cheese Illustrated, and it's published by um, Chronicle, and it's illustrated by uh, a woman named Holly Exley, and it's a beautiful book, and it lists 50 cheeses, and there's cheese boards, and it's quite, it's very educational. Anyway, I'm very fortunate. He's a co-worker, and um,
2: I'm, I'm a fan. Oh, good. Now, I, I do books on this show, so maybe I'll have him on the show. I hope you will. He's
3: really quite, um, he's very versatile, quite talented, many skills
2: um, and an excellent, excellent writer. You'll, you'll excellent. like him. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, so we're done um, with our talk and uh, I want to thank Deborah, and I want to thank you Deborah, for being so special. Well, Thank you. I am, I am fortunate
3: to have been touched by many, so <laughs> in a manner of speaking in these virtual times, I might add. Right, right, right. Thank you, Diane. Um, it's been a great pleasure and um, thank you for the work that you do and for cutting the curd for sharing so much great information about our industry.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.